Welcome to 321 Lay On Podcast. Well, <laughs> it's the kind of day I've been having. Is that an uh, outtake? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Take two. Welcome to 321 Lay On Podcast, podcast about live action role playing. Brought to you by some crazy, passionate LARPing enthusiasts. With me today is myself, Ash and Ruby, and Joseph Gaffney. Hello, LARPers. And non-LARPers, to soon be new LARPers, hopefully. Yeah, I guess we'll have people in. <laughs> yeah. New blood. Wait, that's all mission? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Anyway, we have a great show for you today. Uh, joining us is some friends of ours from our current LARP, and they're going to tell us about a brand new... Uh, LARP that they are about to play test and get rolling, um, and and this is yeah, one, I'm, I'm real really, excited to hear about. Yeah, I'm really excited about this LARP too, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> you are definitely not alone so. in that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I've had un <laughs> not unrestricted, but I've had some behind the scenes ganders nice. at uh, what's been going on. So yes, uh, yeah, yeah, inter- introductions. For the crew. So, um, yeah, so I'm I'm Pete. Um, been on I've been on this podcast before. I'm a I'm actually also staff at our sister game. I guess it's our sister game now. It's uh, Frontier Dawn. The first episode of Three Two One. Yeah, Pete Rooney. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm the director. I guess you know we really don't use titles, so I'm, I guess I would be the director of Weird. Um, this has kind of been a lot of my brainchild. Um, but uh, we have some other staff. Um, we don't really have. Um, like I said, don't have titles. Uh, we kind of handle a lot of things, and as we get closer to the game launch, we're going to start start relegating some stuff. Kind of right now, we're at the point of the game where everyone's just kind of doing a lot of things. Got to be kind of mm-hmm. you know running and mad dashing to get this ready started. Uh, so it's me. Um, we have uh, Rob Peterson, who um, me and him actually started working together. So I don't know if you want to say hello real quick, Rob. Or is he going to be a robot? Uh, yeah. I'm gonna be our I'm gonna be our mechanica here. Yeah. All right. So uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm Rob. I've been uh, working on this game probably about as long as Pete has since we kind of came up with it together, like quite some time ago. And I'm just super excited to actually uh, like see this vision that we've had for like years to actually just kind of come to light and finally just get out of my head and into the real world yeah awesome so we also have um um tiff tiff and camp um she's she's a she's a larper at frontier done too and uh, she's um she's one of our staff members too i know tiff i don't know if you're a robot and you're acting up now if you want to give a little introduction or say a quick hello i probably am going to in between um hello i basically Joined LARPing because of Rob. You can blame him for everything. Damn it, Rob. Thank you, maybe. Blame accepted. <laughs> I'm sorry? I was saying blame accepted. Okay. Yeah. We'll go with that. Um, yeah, he pulled me into LARPing and then he started telling me about this and it sounded really cool. So I kind of got dragged into it, but it's always <laughs> a good thing because it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. That's how uh, it always happens. <laughs> you know, like your yeah. significant other 
or somebody in now drags you in. Yeah, and you can't get world. out. <laughs> and then you start a podcast, and then it's all no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> world it spirals. Yeah, Larping's Hotel, California. You can never leave. Yeah, <laughs> accurate. Yeah, then Gaffney, do we have to have an intervention for you? What's up, Gaffney? Do we need an intervention for you? Yeah, no. uh, that that should have came a long time ago. So then, if anything, he needs to LARP a little bit more. And there's Valerie, who's who's my girlfriend. She's also also um, new to this, um, but uh, I, I think it's really important that we have some of these people on our team that are are, are new because um, I think it really helped us on Frontier Dawn to have a lot of people who don't have as much experience to give a really good perspective. Um, so I don't know if Valerie you wanted. So yeah. first, say hello. Hi guys, um, I'm excited to be on. This is my first three, two, one podcast. Hopefully mm-hmm. not fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really excited to, you know, see all the hard work that everybody's put in come to life, and I'm really excited that they're getting to talk about it with everybody and, and get the word out. Definitely. Uh, and last but not least, uh, Dennis. I don't know if you want to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm uh, Dennis Ayer. I've been LARPing for about, God, 10 years now with all different types of LARPs, uh, going from parlor to like severe combat heavy to more of the kind of like what we're, I guess, with Frontier Dawn and what I guess we're going for more of the, co- like, you got combat, but it's also heavy role play. Um, mm-hmm. I'm probably the newest member of the team, and I've probably done the least amount of work. So, <laughs> oh, don't don't sell yourself short. Good tales. De- Dennis, yeah. Dennis, Dennis, Dennis has done a good amount of work, and he's got some really good ideas. And especially when it comes to me and him vibing on some of the same kind of uh, horror <laughs> aspects that we kind of really are really excited to show about. So, listen, just just because we have hard ones for Lovecraft doesn't mean anything, man. <laughs> it means a lot <laughs> more than you think it does. Uh, oh God! Helps, oh yeah. my! Yeah, no. That's our Spoilers. team. Um, probably going forward, we'd like to add one or two more marshals. Um, not really like staff, but more people that like run mods. Mm. Um, yeah. Write one or two one-off mods. You know, uh, marshal monsters, stuff like that. But um, as it going forward, that's kind of our core staff. Um, Unless so we find someone that kind of stands out and like, like them. But I think that's kind of how it's going to remain for a while. Cool. Yeah, sounds like a great. Uh, team you got there I, I know all you guys and have played with you for about a year or so so i'm excited to see what you all come up with and and i know you guys are already part of a great community so you'll have a lot of help and you know good players uh starting off so you're off on a good start on the right foot as far as i'm concerned yeah and one cool aspect <laughs> of weird is it's going to be part of uh e3pi which is nonprofit. yep um, so proceeds go to charity, which is really cool. So I think, you know, we have these like questions, but I think we kind of already went over like, why start your own LARP? This is kind of like, you know, you're in Rob's, uh, Pete and yeah. Rob's brainchild. Yeah, it's been, so to give some background, I, I mean, um, I have a bad habit of being sometimes a George Lucas type when it comes to writing things. Um, you know, I'll write something I think is pretty great, and I have to go back and like, no, 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 it's not right. Um, but uh, <laughs> me and Rob have had this brainchild of a lot of different things that we've always kind of gone back and forth. I mean, we've been friends for, oh man, it's been about ten years now. Me and him have been friends, and uh, oh god, you're about to make me feel so old. <laughs> 
So Eek, we, um, when we played, we played another game um, years ago, and then like in between, when we kind of were going to join, we left that game, and we're going to play another game. We just kind of started spitballing these ideas, and they've kind of just snowballed um, into what we have now. And there's just a lot of of thing ideas we've always been, you know, kind of just banking in our in our back of our heads and go, oh, this would be really cool. This would be really cool. And then um, when I came to Rob and I said, I have this really cool idea, I think, uh, for a game. And I think it's 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 uh, deep lore and it's meaning and all of this stuff is going to be really cool. I want you to help me to, to help me work on it. And uh, that's kind of where it's been. Um, it's morphed over the years. And now it's kind of we've really been past few months really working hard at driving home. And getting it all settled and, and written and done, and really, we're, we're actually running an internal play test in a month, um, and that's going to be really fun. It's going to it's going to be some plot involved in that, so it's going to start. Kill. Hopefully, some of the players will walk away from that, but like, oh man, that's really cool. I really like this concept, um, and I, I think I think when we go de- deeper into explaining the game, I think uh, I think you find that it's not just your average post-apocalyptic game. Yeah, back up a little bit and give us just kind of the elevator pitch. Like, uh, so the game's called Weird, yep. spelled W Y R D, yep. right? Uh, which is, which is, I mean, I wouldn't, I won't look too into it. It's kind of a cool name and kind of just kind of where we came from it. Um, it, like it, it. Do, it does stretch to the Norse concept of of destiny. Um, so maybe you mm. take that as you will. There you go. Um, so the best way I can describe it, the elevator pitch, is that it's a post-apocalyptic future of an indeterminate date. Um, there is a ever-growing presence of it, an effect and an energy called the weird, which bends the reality of, of the world. So, you know, uh, places don't quite make the same sense. Um, portals open up into to places that no one ever comprehended. Um, and it's created an, an ecological disaster on a, on a level that no one's ever even thought of. Um, mm-hmm. There's strange flora and fauna that have... Um, infected the landscape and it's just a mess and um there's been you know an apocalypse at one point um to create the post-apocalypse uh, no one quite knows what happened it's called just called you know the before times the old times you know the golden age it depends on who you ask um technology has reached a better time um it's kind of like a weird kind of cyberpunk um uh, feel depending on where you are um, so the technology level varies, but that would be the, the elevator pitch. Is that it's a, um, it's a it's a post-apocalyptic game, but it's not your stereotypical. Oh, there's zombies, or oh, there was a nuclear war. It is a bizarre, strange effect that has bent and warped time and reality. So no one knows what quite year it is. No one knows quite where they are. They just kind of know the mm. wastelands and the, the places close to the wasteland. Not really yet. Um, there's more than just humans, so some other races involved, and they all have their own really cool stories. So, and about how long ago did you say you had the idea, and then kind of started working on it? I, I, it's been a few years. I mean, I've always oh golly, yeah, <laughs> it's, but, it's been it's been a few years. It's been a saga. It's been a saga <laughs> and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, I I, don't, I have this. My brain doesn't turn off when it comes to this stuff. When it comes to writing and things like that. Um, like it, it's just never breaks. So I've always had these ideas. Um, it's always kind of been so. It's kind of just become this amalgamation of all these unique and strange concepts I've had, and all of our members have had over the years, kind of put together. Which why I think it makes it such a strong game that it's out there. It's foreign. It's bizarre. 
um, it's weird. Um, and uh, yeah, it's kind of just, yeah, it's been this um, final breathing room of having all these cool like, one-off ideas and then finally having this cool um, tree trunk to attach all the branches to. Yeah, I think at one point there was like a solid good like two or three months where I would just see something like I don't even know how to be looking at it. just like people walking by and then it would give it me a thought and I'd be like, hey Pete, how about this idea for weird? What? How would that fit in? Okay, that fits. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, the benefit of running a game or writing a game is that you can just, I mean, you don't want to, of course, you know, pigeonhole and slam something in it doesn't fit, but you can make the world fit bend to your will, you know? You decide the mm-hmm. rules, you decide the physics, you decide what fits and what doesn't, you know? Um, sure. So, yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of been the brainchild of all of ours of just kind of all these, like I said, these strange, bizarre branches that we've attached to this big trunk tree that's kind of the story of the game. So. Right, and I think that's one of the cool things about you know these kind of games we play when you when you're working in science fiction you know anything you think you can become a reality or when there's magic in the world basically anything you can imagine you can justify some way or another you know mm-hmm. and usually the stranger it might seem uh the harder it is to get it to work but then the cooler it ends up being you know yeah because it kind of becomes its own thing so no absolutely that's pretty cool yeah. Yeah, I think one thing that I'm a real big fan of is just a sort of subverting genres, per se. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, going into Frontier Dawn, I thought, oh, man, this is just going to be like, this is going to be D&D. This is going to be my fantasy right. game. And then it turned into Monster Hunter. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> that's great. Thank Joe for that. <laughs> I love it. You're welcome. <laughs> I couldn't tell. <laughs> And that's only a oh, small yeah, aspect what, of the game too. There's so yeah, much else that's yeah. going on. Yeah, there's right. Yeah, right. Again, the uh, result of a team of yeah. creative people coming up with stuff oh, kind of yep. allows for yeah. different things to shine and a lot of different things to work out mm-hmm. and be strong elements. Yep, it's just really cool seeing what everyone has to bring to the table. So I know to me, you've mentioned inspirations from like Shadowrun. <clears throat> and other yeah. post-apocalyptic genres. Um, specifically, I guess, I don't know how specific we want to get. You haven't released, like, too much. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess this is probably going to be a time where we're going to really start dropping some of yeah, the big stuff because, um, and I think, uh, uh, yeah, so a lot of our influences are, are because are, when, we, when we kind of, we, I mean, I mean, I'm gonna be open and honest. There's been other iterations that we thought were gonna work, and we kind of really sat back and it's like, this is really, is this really what we want? You know, we're kind of just making this really depressingly sad, awful world, and we mm. sat back and examined ourselves. Like, what, what do you like in a post-apocalypse thing? What do you think would be awesome? Like when people like, like you don't remember the one-off uh, zombie apocalypse story where you know some dude has to travel across to, to save, you know, someone who's dying of an infection, and no one wants to live in that world. Because it's sad, you know, fantasy is cool because, you know, you're an epic hero, you're an adventurer, you know, you're going to cool lands, killing, killing, you know, goblins and stuff. So that that's cool and it's exciting and it's, it's, it's encouraging. So when it comes to post-apocalyptic game, I think a lot of the faults are is that when it comes, it's too sad. You know, it's too depressing and no one wants to go LARP and, and, and hang out in a tent for a weekend and starve to death. You know, no one wants to play that game. Yeah, so it's all, all going to be gritty and... yeah. Dark and no, no one wants to stagger so and stuff. So, no so maybe wants... we can expect like a sunset overdrive kind of feel to it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if like, anybody knows so, that game. 
yeah. So our tagline is kind of be a light in the darkness, and that's kind of the 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 drive of the game is for the players to feel like they're kind of making an impact in this world that kind of is rejecting them, you know. You know, um, but some influences, I would say, you know, like I said, we we're thinking about what 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 just sticks in people's brain. Like, what do they remember about post-apocalyptic stories that gets them to come back? And it's the wacky ones. It's the wacky ones, the, the out there ones. So we thought of like Mad Max, uh, Tank Girl, uh, Shadow Run is not technically post-apocalyptic. But once you start straying away from the cities, they start to get a little crazy. And we do have some Shadow Run like mm. cities. But um, like I said, Tank Girl, Borderlands. Um, all those things are, you know, and even you think of the strengths of Fallout, or not that it's... Yeah, I've been really big into using the Borderlands. Yeah. I was just saying, I've been really big into using the sort of Borderlands influence. Yeah, so if you think of all these, you know, these these, these stories are kind of wacky, and they kind of give a lighthearted feeling to a world that might have, you know, once been super depressing. Um, It's kind of like these hyper-stylized subcultures that have kind of morphed into a new world built from the bricks of some the modern world of the past. Um, that's kind of a good description, I would say, of, of what the world's like. But yeah, you know, we're looking at, we're influenced by things that aren't your stereotypical. Um, the, you know, rocks fall, everyone dies, you know, from the world fall, in, in cans for a weekend, you know. That's not my experience. And then, by the way, bean cans are radioactive, so now you're dead. right and there's certainly like a uh survival like on your own too like doggy dog world kind of feel to it it usually comes along with post-apocalyptic yeah sorry Uh, like everyone's sorry we'll touch on later then maybe laugh but yeah it a lot of those are all those dog you know man for himself and we kind of don't really want that we want players Mm -hmm. to realize that they must band together to survive in this world that now needs them to be better than who they used to be in order to make the world livable for their future generations and maybe save the planet cool so yeah maybe a little different have you um let's kind of skip around a bit but have you played much uh, like post-apocalyptic larp larp yourself or larp no i've actually one on the team I've ne- yeah um, i know the one time that i tried to play in a post-apocalyptic larp i even backed him on kickstarter it closed <laughs> down after like two events uh and I was just like, oh, lovely. No, I, see, that's the thing about, you know, you don't have a lot of those games. Um, and the ones, you know, that kind of have tried to pop up are too depressing. And no one really wants to go, like I said, no one wants to go be depressed in the woods for a weekend. You know, so. I feel like part of sure. that, too, is also there isn't as much variety in the post-apocalyptic world. And I feel mm-hmm. like that is a big part in it with all of the different worlds or like areas that you can be from in our game it's going to be such a different variety like you can have it's like the same thing with frontier dawn where you could be the same race be from the same area and have a whole completely different skill set from them so it's it'd be literally like you were from like two whole separate worlds so i feel like that's going to definitely help this game to stand out from a lot of the other ones cool sweet yeah variety and diversity makes things more interesting um i think with with weird you know the way that frontier dawn is more about where you're from than than what you are i or the 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 other way around i mean well what do you think no i think we're kind of i think we're actually on probably the same wavelength there you know we're you know most games have been kind of about who you are um i i think that this is 
a little bit about who you are, not uh, not race wise, but I think it's a little bit from where you're from, but it's who you want to be, like your your morality, you know. And I think I think it's that's kind of what we're going for. So let's start deep diving then. Maybe get some exclusives here. Um, you talked about humans are a playable race. You want to go into detail about some of the other races that a player might be able to play and what makes them kind of like stand out on their own. Um, you want to know why we laughed, Pete? Uh, yeah. Um, so you want to know some of the races, I guess, is that was the kind of the question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of the kind of characters you can play. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so there's humans. Um, and you know, people are going to ask, you know, how would humans survive in this world? And they don't do it very well. Um, but humans are the most adaptable in the numerous race and weird, and they haven't gone, they haven't quite made it out quite safe. Um, there's still mutations that pop up once in there, and not like you know, you know, like oh, I turned into a super mutant or whatever. Uh, usually, you know, like they'll find a rash or a tail or something like that. Um, you know, so people aren't entirely haven't escaped that change. But um, so you, you have your humans. Um, we have a race called the Sawan kind, and they're a group of mutants. Um, who live in a place called Hollowvale, and they wear Halloween masks as part of their religion and their way of life. So they are Halloween mutants, and they live. Um, they they when they're from birth, they uh, get thrown into a pit of masks, and they, whatever one they pick, and they crawl out. Uh, that's their mask, and they live. They live on the positive side of fear, you know, embracing that that fear as a positivity, you know, sense and being courageous. Um, so they're they're Halloween mutants, almost sort of a macabre feel. Yeah, they're very macabre, punk rock, misfits kind of um, mutant. Um, I think everybody just signed up for the game now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a race called the Ordovicians, and they are a, uh, a fish-like people that do not breathe. They just kind of hatch from eggs, and they kind of ha- have all their knowledge of the world imparted on them as they hatch from these eggs. Um, they don't, you know, they're kind of, so they don't know really quite why they're just kind of born and they, they start organizing into these clutches, um, and they're separated into castes. So there's a warrior class, a scholar class and a priestly class cast. Um, so they, and they resemble deep sea creatures and, and octopi. So you could be an anglerfish or a VCN or an octopus, um, or any of those scary, creepy creatures that live in the Marianas trench kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then cephalopod kind of uh, what like a cephalopod or a yeah yeah absolutely kinda. yeah so they're they are there look and they have hardened carapaces that they're you know very resistant to gunfire and, and weapons um and uh we also have a race called the um the um flustra um and tiff i don't know if tiff's been kind of involved in it because she likes plants just a little bit um, I don't know if you want to give an idea of what the Flustra are, Tiff. Okay. Um, so Flustra are basically plant people. Um, I actually have a bachelor's degree in plants, so I was kind of like, give me this, Pete. Let me handle this. Nice. So essentially, they kind of just woke up one day. It's literally as if a plant just gained sentience. And... They don't really know why or how it happens. So the characters can either be like completely clueless or they're kind of, you can have them be from any place really. They can mesh in with 
their surroundings as well as they can try. Um, they literally mm-hmm. have like bright colored hair. Parts of them will look like they have like vines growing out if you want. It's kind of going to be up to the players, but essentially <laughs> they're going to look like someone just plucked a plant and decided, hey, be alive, go. Yep. Yeah, and they come from, they, they, they kind of don't really know who, as kind of like a cool side of the coin of, of the Orovisian, they really don't know why they are. They kind of wake up, you know, they're like, who am I, where am I, why am I near this big tree? Um, so their society has kind of revolved around uh, finding new Fushra and introducing them to society. And they don't really normally wear clothes. They kind of wear clothes to kind of be like, yeah, look, we're people. Um, so... <laughs> So we all, and then the the last race, and I was saving them for last because it was kind of an idea that I had, and <laughs> I, I this was an idea I wanted for a little bit, uh, and they're called the lupine. And what they are, they are essentially dog people. Um, man's best friend has mutated and gained sentience um, in this. There are some heckin' good boys. Oh boy, here it goes. So but, <laughs> they, they, um. They are they are where they're from in the world. When we go into like cultures and stuff like that, they're from a a, a an area that's on the the edge of the wastelands near all the dangerous things, and they are a hyper survivalist um, militaristic society that um, ha- believes in a great enemy called the adversary. Um, so they believe that they're the soldiers in a war against this adversary, and they can see spirits, they can detect things that smell like the adversary. Um, so. And but you know so they're trying to be serious in a world that might not take them serious because some people have started to find out that they were once man's best friend they were once you know household pets so they're mm-hmm. kind of struggling with that you know people don't take us seriously but also we are extremely important and physically very strong and you know so some people have kind of adapted to them in society and you know, hire them as mercenaries and bodyguards um, but yeah so that's that was kind of a it was a little contentious, and, and people had valid points, but I think that I am really excited for them. Um, we, we have one more race, but um, you know we're in the process of testing them and seeing how, how they're going to end up. They will be in-game no matter what, whether mm-hmm. players can play them or not, or, or kind of what we're going to see, and they're Mechanica. And what they are, are is that they are um, robots that have gained sentience. Um, so we do have, there are robotic uh, humanoids and, and robots in this world. Um, but some, for some reason, have gained sentience, and they're trying to figure out what they are doing in this world um, with what they think is a soul, or what what they think is, a soul. and they have a, a inkling of a memory that they don't know why they have this memory. So it's kind of like a really cool spiritual journey um, that they're gonna have. But uh, we're kind of working on the kinks of the makeup and making sure it's done correctly and making sure everything fits. Uh, so whether they're gonna be in the final release or they might you know end up being as a cool hey look we have an expansion race kind of thing you know uh which is totally a thing um you know so we're gonna go there but that's you know we we didn't have a lot of races we just wanted to do a few really well and really well written so it makes we have a few, few very good stories to tell every single one of these races including humans have a very detailed deep lore story that we're really think is gonna be pretty awesome cool yeah uh is that something just your team and yourself that's kind of i know you are into lore and writing and stuff like that uh was that sort of the direction behind that or are you just trying to appeal to players that are into that kind of deep lore and 
you know, only a few choices, but they're like meaty choices. Admittedly, whether or not players would enjoy playing them is a bit of a factor in making them uh, serve races and stuff in the game. But the like the biggest sort of thing with the lore and races and everything is just that we wanted. It's basically things that we sat there and thought, you know, why don't we see more more of this? Let's put more of this. And then it just so happens that it's things that a lot of people tend to like, you know, like Halloween. Yeah, people like Halloween a little bit. Town. Just a little. Um, Small smelt. Yeah, I think that um, as people, you know, personally, as someone who really, really loves lore and I really like a deep story. Uh, I think we had that balance of, yeah, people are going to like this, but even if no one plays them or one person plays them, we want to make sure that they are integral to the story. Um, they all have their really cool place in, in the world and how it's going to evolve. So, yeah, I think that it was it's it's always striking that balance, I think, when you're running a game or anything like that, mm-hmm. um, is making sure that, yeah, people are going to play it, um, and two, it's 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 not just done because people are going to play it. You, you want to do it because it makes sense for the story. You know, if everyone wants to play, yeah. you know, um, oh, I don't know, you know, a bunch of, I, you know, I'm kind of, you know, if someone wanted to play a race, you know, like, uh, I, it's hard to, for me to say because I'm going to sound biased if they dwarves or something like that. If everyone wanted to play those but didn't make sense for the story, why have them, you know? They have to fit the world and people have sure. to. I think that's the most shocking thing about this game is there's no dwarves. <laughs> that you know yeah. of. <laughs> that, that you know yeah. of. <laughs> in an early iteration, I wanted Australian dwarves. Human dwarves? God. <laughs> yeah. why? why Australian dwarves? Is from oh, yeah. uh, it, it's a callback to one of the earlier iterations where we decided that uh, it was going to be like a, everyone sort of trying to colonize a planet. The dwarves basically sent their prisoners there. So it was literally Dwarf Australia. And I was going to, for a new player training module, I was literally going to be like a dwarven Steve Irwin. It was going to be great. Yeah. Oh my god! What? Yeah. What? I'm done. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there are just there might be dwarves that you don't know. Of. There may not be. But yeah, <laughs> that's kind of that's where we're at with for for races. I guess in I the land like... of weird, anything can happen. Yeah, it's true. Uh, with, with, with with the nature. Having... Oops, sorry. This is what happens. Go ahead, Tiff. <laughs> sorry, this is just how excited we are. We all just like try talking <laughs> to each other. It's great. Um, I feel like having such a deep lore with everyone, too, tends to help because even that means then that everybody gets an even share of like a story because Mm -hmm. what tends to happen for like different stories is you'll have like different people that set up for this one. But if there's a person that's like an oddball, odd cat, like outcast in the group, they can go and have their own story and still be able to leave saying they had fun. They were able to do something that kind of not necessarily was catered to them, but tailored to their experience. So whatever they decide will help affect their story and how they can have fun with it, knowing that they took a different path than what everybody else did. I think that's going to make that definitely a lot more fun for the players that come to our games. Yeah, I agree. Nice. Now let's talk a little bit more about playing the game. Um, Are there going to be classes... Swords, nerf, spell packets. So, uh, it is a, just to, to do the standard, you know, this is what it is. It's a, you know, lightest touch. We're not yeah. SCA or Daggy here. Or we're also not a parlor game. 
Um, you know, we are doing classes. Um, the ori original iteration of the rules, um, it was going to be a class-based game where you acquired knowledge through, um, you know, mods or re rewards, and it added to the, to the found knowledge of the game. So it was kind of like a classless system, but it wasn't, and, you know, kind of, so you kind of can mix things around. Um, after really kind of, the rules as a, at a base worked. Um, but it, there was a lot of caveats with that kind of system, and um, we, we wanted to tell a really, really good story, of course, because that's always been our number one. Um, so we decided to cut that and go to a class-based system. Um, so we have a, I think we have 11 classes or 10 classes, uh, and each one of those branches into um, two advanced classes. Um, so we have a class-based system, um, and... I think which kind of it's going to give us a other a unique opportunity is that you cannot take another class until you finish your current class. Um, so there is no more multi-classing probably for the first two years of the game. Um, so it's going to uh, and we've organized the classes to the way that they all fill a niche role that you kind of need every single class to kind of make sure you are at your optimal survival rate. Um, so I can go through some of the classes in a little bit, but um, you know you mentioned packets, you know. Uh, nerf guns, so yes, that's the best way I can say it is yes. Uh, there are spells, there is psychic abilities, there are firearms, uh, there are you know swords and, and daggers and pole arms. Um, guns are extremely deadly, um, but ammo is also out of rarity. Um, well, I mean, what else is now? Yeah, <laughs> uh, there is magic, um, so uh, that's kind of your right class based uh, system. And uh, everything works off one shared pool. You don't have mana or physical points or any of this stuff. It's just everyone shares it. All your abilities are fueled by a, a pool source called effort. And what pool is, if anyone's never LARPed before, is that it's kind of like mana in a video game. Um, you know, I want to use my critical strike ability. Cool, what it costs two mana points or two effort in our case. Um, and everyone starts at 10 effort. Um, right now, that's the cap, and it probably will be the cap for a little bit because it's how we've kind of balanced our encounters. That say you can only use two of this ability if you really wanted to go all out, but then you can't do X. So that's kind of how we've mapped a lot of things and making sure this is the max amount of damage you could do. This is the amount of stuff someone could do, and, and that's kind of how we're going to also balance that against mods to make sure that they're challenging. And then uh, I guess the last thing is we have item slots. And those will give you some abilities, and then we'll also have um, item sets that give you abilities. Um, and there might be some other things found in the world that might give you some unique abilities, but I think that's for the players. Going back to the point of, uh, oh, like, are we going to have nerf? Are we going to have uh, uh, boffers? Are we going to have stuff in that? I feel like that's one of the best things about this sort of setting is that, like, you can literally take anything, or you're not bound by, like, time periods or anything. Like for example, a big period of contention, a uh, point of contention in a lot of uh, the store fantasy LARPs is fire. <laughs> like, uh, are we going to work off of powder? Are we going to have lasers? Yeah, most firearms are ballistic currently. There are energy directed weapons, but uh, you either have to be rich or extremely lucky to find some of those cool stuff. And cool. there will be some exotic weapons, like you know, chain weapons, chain guns, and stuff like that. So, but yeah, Rob and guitar. Was and then <laughs> and guitar. Guitar weapon. Joe Joe has the list of classes. So if Joe wants to lift off the list of classes and then we can answer any questions on some of them that 
Because some of them you'll re- read and you're like, oh, that makes sense. I, I, I know what that is. But some of them are like, okay, I have no idea what the hell that's supposed to be. So go ahead, Joe, when you're... Let's see. Uh, we have the chopper, sort of like melee-based uh, class. And we have the gunslinger, obviously, using the guns. Um, and another martial artist is really cool and you guys can go to, into these like as we go into them i'm just gonna uh, like i love a lot of these classes so if i give them a little bit of my um blurbs on them without giving too much away uh, militiaman which is kind of your like squad goals guy um <laughs> definitely about his teammates like um making them just shine uh occultist which is a really cool um using like weird to affect the world and those around them um you have your saw bones which this one i don't know much about i think no this is the doctor that's what it was uh this is your kind of like field field medic and you have your scout which is kind of your ninja assassin as well as like I won't go too much into that yeah i wonder who wrote that one (laughs) then you have your sentinels which are pretty like out of out of most of these like I feel like the Sentinel is like probably like the most badass like shows up and shows who's who but then you also have the caveat of the Sentinels being like absolutely good um, you have your street samurai which are just awesome sword wheelers uh, sword wheel- wielders ah, wheelers and then you have your I think I'm saying this right Reiner which is yep. your psychics mm-hmm. and then you have the class that I'm going to be playing <laughs> Save the best for last, which is the weird shaman, which is like a buff character, kind of like the militiaman, but in regards to buffing your effort and other things like that. Yeah, so um, every class has like a unique passive that kind of fuels them and makes them sets apart from different. And everyone, every class kind of falls into an archetype. And what we were saying before is kind of how we balance it and we make, um, you know, everything kind of fit into pieces so everyone kind of feels like they've done their part. Um, so um, Chopper's mechanic is um, they have um, they're, they're just pure killing machines. So if you want to make a good example of what they would be in, in a game or anything, would be a, the Psycho from Borderlands. They are a, they are a maniac who, a maniac wasteland brute. Um, they, they deal damage and for every successful hit they get up to a maximum of three, they deal an additional damage, and then if they ever get hit, their stack reset. So it's all about just wielding your weapons like a maniac, and they get customized killing implements, you know, and all these things. Um, so they're all about just straight damage and being raging. They're like a, they're like a, you know, mix between the psycho and kind of like a wasteland post-apocalyptic kind of barbarian. So we have the militiamen, and they're all about organizing a squad. Um, and you get to designate people of your squad, and your squad gets extra benefits, and some of your skills are better if they're used on your squad, and you get to expand your squad, and um, they're all about, you know, organization. They're kind of a tanky class, but a little bit, they can use their own. Mm-hmm. The Sentinel is your post-apocalyptic paladin, um, and they are a belong to what's called the Order, um, and there'll be more war on them coming out with the lore book. When we uh, after we uh, do all our testing, uh, but they are a a group that their righteousness and their belief in justice and defending the oppressed, smiting the wicked and these people that were they considered good. Um, so you could totally be a sentinel, and your saint that you worship is Gandhi. You know, they could be these mythical figures that you thought were good, and your belief in that goodness 
and your belief in that the saints and your righteousness fuels your powers. So they're all about support and tanking. They don't have any like, oh, I'm gonna just demolish this guy. I'm all about defending my friends, you know, defending everybody, you know, their you know, every class has a, a pinnacle ability, which is a once per weekend ultimate ability. Theirs is they get to heal and restore everyone's effort. Like they just are like that's it, everyone's rallied, you know, now let's go kill this guy. Um martial artist is all about um they are part of a an order as well, um, and I won't go too much detail about them because there's some some hush hush about it right now. But they are um, all about mystical martial arts, and they relies around stances. <clears throat> so they're all about the five elements, you know, fire, water, wood, metal, and switching stances gives you some little tiny, a specific stance when using a specific skill. It enhances that skill. So, like for example, one skill. Might normally just be a break limb, but if you're in a specific stance, it is a sever limb. You know, it just rips off their limb. You know, so it's all about not managing your stances cool. and knowing when to use them and when to use your abilities. And so they're a little advanced, um, and they're going to be for more advanced. But but um, I think that anybody can play any of these classes. Um, so the Reiner is your psychic, um, and they're not really all about like they're a little bit about mental manipulation, but they're a lot about manipulating the world around you too little bit um, they can actually like accelerate matter and one of their buffs is they can give someone like a fire so fire on it for their sword or ice sword so they kind of like they can manipulate matter a little mm. bit um they can like make end friend from foe they can like break your limbs with their telekinesis they can pull things they can throw things so there's that there is the weird shaman and as joe kind of talked about them a little bit they are all they're a it depends on where you're from. So a, a Samhain kind weird shaman might be all about the creep and their hollow veil and the Halloween and fear, and that's kind of their thing. And they rely through like a shamanistic fetish, which can be a guitar or a musical instrument. So you could totally be <laughs> a a rockin' rocker uh, who uses guitar riffs to, to you know to, to help people out. And they're all about buffing people um, through buffing their effort and restoring their effort, so they spend their own effort to restore other people's efforts. So they're kind of like almost like a little bit of a battery. Excuse me. Um, they're super important. Um, and then we have the occultists, which Joe said is is a little bad about the weird. But you also there are um, I don't know if Dennis uh, Dennis was really uh, yeah. Can can I explain this one? In this, you can really explain this one. So go ahead. Okay. So the occult the idea behind the occultist is all power has a price. The occultist probably does the highest amount of damage on a class, but it comes at a horrible cost. A lot of, I actually feel a lot of players are going to get turned off from it. From, but you do more base damage at the permanent cost of health. The idea behind them is you make a deal with something, and you start sacrificing bits and pieces of yourself to this thing to become stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, as you said, you kind of like use the weird to like. Um, shape the world around you, but it's not only the weird. There's different basically patrons you can pick from that give you power. It could be something that just kind of found you like near dead on the side of the road and gave you the power of the rise up or the study of science and using this science to kind of warp the world around you. Or you could literally be stealing from the power of the weird and trying to use it in a good and beneficial way but the whole class's whole purpose is to find more power and to do more destruction and along those lines it's they're not necessarily the the class is not based around being the best people but they're the strong they're trying to become the strongest people 
they, they want it. They, they they're willing to sacrifice things okay. for the greater good. You know, they're willing to, to to bargain with things to 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 be that person who sacrifices things uh, for their their people. You know, it's like you know you're willing to risk what might even be what you can consider your soul or power in return to you know be able to defend your friends and your and kill your enemies. Uh, Dennis, you said people be turned off by this. That's actually when I was explaining to my son Parker about the game. This was like the one class he was like, I want to play this. Wait, seriously? That, yeah. that's actually, that actually makes me like giddy inside. <laughs> <laughs> you have your first disciple yeah, already. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, then we have, you know, we've talked about a lot. Street Samurai is kind of like your Street Samurai out of Shadowrun. You know, the world needs mercenaries. Um, mm-hmm. And they're a mercenary, you know, that kind of wields cybernetics and they're willing to replace parts of their body with cybernetics to um, fight them. So they're, they're, they're kind of like a utility slash DPS class. They, they have some utility... To, to protect themselves, of course, because um, they, you know, um, but they also can really dish out some damage and maybe even reflect bullets. <laughs> there is the gunslinger, which is all about killing one target. You can mark someone for death, and that is, you are gung ho about using your abilities on that marked target. They even get a cool ability called bullet time, where they can make their force their marked ability uh, target to be slowed. So kind of like, you know, like a Red Dead Redemption, you know, Matrix kind of um, bullet time. Um, so um, there's that. The John Wick class. I, I really the, uh, like. <laughs> I really like this class, and uh, like, I think I was I was talking to Pete at one point about um, shaman was the one thing that I gravitated to first because of a certain place you can be from where you can surf up in the waist. But <laughs> we can talk about that real quickly <laughs> yeah, after. <laughs> we'll talk to, yeah, um, we can start to get into like some of the places you can be from. Um, but Gunslinger, like, it's just, it's built really well, it's very high damage, um, but I just, the feel of it is, like, really awesome, and, uh, yeah, I can't, I wish that I could play every class at once, <laughs> especially Gunslinger, um, maybe at some point. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we could just test both. Alts. <laughs> yeah, well, I could definitely test both, though. <laughs> um... So yeah, so there's gunslinger. There is you know, street samurai, martial artist, chopper, uh, sentinel, martial uh, militiaman, Reiner. Um, I think that we're two. And then we have sawbones. Yep. And so scout. And scout. Uh, so sawbones is yes. your typical doctor, and they're like your, They're not like a doctor yet. You know, okay. one of the advanced classes is doctor, uh, because you know, being a doctor it takes time and college and. These are things that don't really exist unless you're high and rich in one of the neo cities, which is one of like the futuristic cities that kind of exist. Um, so you can't really, you know, you kind of have to rely on maybe an old veterinary manual to kind of learn how to, you know, operate on a horse and now you know how to operate. Um, so they're all about first aid and, and buffing people and preventing people from death. They're the only class that can consistently bring someone out of their death count. Um, so if you do not have a soul bones, I highly recommend someone plays one because um, if Otherwise, everybody dies. <laughs> yeah, so they're like they're they're cool. A pinnacle ability, so they can set up like a surgery area, and the more saw bones that work in that surgery area for like five minutes get all buffed. So they're they're all you know we we really I mean when we designed all these skills, we really wanted to make sure that a lot of them were like encouraging people to to work together. Like that was like that you know we talked about that earlier is that mm. you everyone is here to work together and they are trying to fix a broken world. You know, um, you know, like I said, most possible. 
about so every man for himself. Yeah. We really want to drive home that this is the game where people are going to be working together to survive. Um, but yeah, that was. Um, there's also Scout. Uh, Rob did yeah, most of the so, Scout. Yeah, so one of the biggest challenges for Scout, because uh, as Joe said, it's like the sort of sneaky ninja class. But the the whole thing is in a lot of other LARPs, the like those sorts of classes tend to be very much like self-centered and like independent sort of thing. And then and with this whole theme of like pretty much everyone working together, it almost sounded like it wouldn't fit. Although Pete did give me a lot of uh, really good ideas. So, and uh, one of the biggest ones that I wanted to do is I, I'm a really big fan of sort of like saboteur type classes. And I just wanted to, I want to have the rogue be sort of like the debuff, like basic. Uh, basically, the one that makes it really hard for the enemies to be very good at what they do gives your team like the edge, or the yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're they're a lot about setting setting up an ambush, you know, helping people prepare for an ambush. They're less about being a rogue where they're trying to steal from you, and they're more about being a scout, you know, a ranger, maybe you know, a saboteur, maybe just a little hint. But uh, yeah, um, I think they're they're not your stereotypical rogue. Um, you know, they're like I'll give a. Uh, you know, their, their passive abilities, every time they get, you know, they attack from the shot, you know, sneak attack someone, they get to stack the deck, per se, of, you know, of, of adding free hides and free combat rolls, which are like a five-foot step kind of thing. So they're all about, you know, so I guess if, if you know, Gunslinger was one half of the John Wick coin, Scout's the other half of the John Wick coin, you know. They're about taking the enemies down, rolling, hiding, and taking another enemy down, so... Yeah, so those are all the classes, and I think uh, I think I, I, I'm really excited to, te- to test them um, uh, because I, have, you know, I kind of made myself into a rules person when doing this. You know, I wasn't really big into rules, but I, I spent a good, solid, almost a year now of reading rule books of other games. You know, reading things about game theory, about how to balance things, and my brain broke for a little bit. You know, <laughs> yeah, um, as it did, will do. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So you know, I so that's why you know, I, you know, I know this is about weird, but I want to give massive props to Joe and the Frontier Dawn team and the other rules team that have done a lot of work on their rule system because it's daunting work, um, and those people are awesome who have ever done those that stuff. So, that's certainly. I mean, I don't know how all games are, um, having not be the most experienced LARPer, but it's pretty ambitious. Uh, you know, over ten classes, unique races. Um, you definitely have a lot already to work with. So. I think that's what's appealing, like lots of options and creative choices uh, can make a really fun game for people. Like, you know, it's kind of like a one third, you know, like a, a third effect. You know, we have, you know, really cool, unique races that kind of give that like, I don't know if everyone's ever played Gamma World. Like a, like a be- weird, bizarre Gamma, uh, Gamma World's a, just a quick thing. It's a D&D setting kind of thing. Uh, not kind of, it's where like, you could play a sentient plant, or you could play a sentient ooze. Like it's a really weird post-apocalyptic game. Uh, I think our races are unique instead of being the Shadowrun. Like, oh, I'm just a sure. an orc in the wasteland. You know, um, sure. I think we have cool, unique races. We have some really cool, unique classes, and I think we're gonna throw it all together in the pot that sits with all these really cool places you can be from, and these really unique, unique cultures. Um, because I think that our, our big strength that we're gonna have is that um, I would say that our culture and our hometowns that you can be from um, and places you know you can travel to are very um, Americana felt um, so um, 
yeah, so we don't have, you know, post-apocalyptic Germany or post-apocalyptic France. Like, it's a very American feel to the world. Um, there are a little bit things outside of America. So, like, we have, you know, the neo-cities are very Akira, neo-Tokyo, Japan kind of feel. But we have, so to get through some of the cultures, is that we have um, one called Beachcomber. <laughs> and that's the one Joe is referencing. And Beachcomber is a an oasis that's, um, that, that, a bunch of sand surfer gangs um, are united under the rule of, of, a, of a great man, Chaka, um, and they worship, you know, you know, his religion, which is very heavily based on, on Hawaiian mythos and surfer culture and tiki culture. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a giant tiki bar in the desert where, you know, these guys live and they kind of live in this very, you know, live and let live society. Uh, they believe that the, the end of the world is called the Big Kahuna, um, and, you know, they're really important, too, because they've kind of figured out the technology of cleaning this water. So they're like big water and boots uh, source for the world. So they're very like Hawaiian surfer, 1950s surfer vibe. Um, you get we have um, a place called La Catrina, um, and it's a town built to an old Wild West uh, town, whether that's a museum or an old West town. It's up to you to decide. Um, and they're a lot about based on um, Wild West frontier, uh, Bandito. Um, their religion kind of simil- has striking similarities and references and homages um, to uh, Santa Muerte from Mexico. Mm. Um, so, you know, you might see people, you know, revering Mother Death, which is very similar to Santa Muerte. We have a um, junk town, which is a, a uh, junkyard where um, the, the lupine live. They kind of build bunkers and things into this, um, into this uh, junkyard and they live, they're very ba- heavily based on the Cheyenne um, military societies. Um, they're a militaristic uh, run society, which means that different military societies um, run run their, 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 their life. So they don't have like a mayor or a king or anything like that. Okay. They have six heads of these different military societies that run their, their city. Um, we have another one in the works that's um, very based on New Orleans voodoo okay. culture. Um, we have um, we have a town called Paradise City. Oh, that's uh, oh, I just read this City. one today. For, for t- yeah, the scenes. Girls are pretty. For time's sake, I'm just going to go through because I know we're probably really running late. Yeah, that's good. So I'll just go good. through. I'll go through some of these pretty quickly. Um, Paradise City is all about um, rocker culture, and they they fight a battle of the bands to who decides to be the leader. That's funny. Um, so there's so like if chargeable weapons. What's up? They told you guitars were weapons. <laughs> so yeah, so it's like if you let, it's like if you let Guar and Iron Maiden run a town. You know? um, so then we have Salonica, which is a which is where the Flustra come from, and it's kind of like a great tree, very very hippie like culture. Um, you know, like almost you know, they live in these these roof rooftop not rooftop these uh, treetop villages. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have um, the hanging ci- the hanging city, and that's a a um, very um, adobe kind of mystical. It's where the the mystical monks come from that that are martial artists, and they live in this this secluded monastery built to the side of a mountain. Um, we have the neo cities, and that's where um, we have all these these cyberpunk cities that kind of jut the landscape, and you have to be rich to to get higher up in them. And 
most people who play for them are from the Undercity, which is like the underbelly where all the, the biker gangs and all the the, uh, the crime goes. And it's run by a corporate empire, which is I think is kind of cool. It's almost like a Game of Thrones cyberpunk feel because this uh, this this corporation, this neo corporation, declared that we're an empire of corporations now, and I own all of you. And they've built this very feudalistic society, so where you know a head of a corporation might be is hereditary. So you know the CEO is not a oh we vote in who's best now. Oh, the son took over. It's, you know it's a very regimented feudalistic society that they've kind of built into these these, these cities. Um, and am I missing anything? Am I just my brain is just missing the garden? Yeah, we are missing. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> The garden is is a very unique case, and it's going to be a, a, a. I'm not saying unique isn't. They're all unique, um, because it is going to be a lot of heavy role play. Because the people who are going to be from there are people who have been traumatic or have had a traumatic experience. It essentially, is a is a esoteric society that runs a village, and they have they conduct experiments and they mess with the populace and all these things and they kind of brainwash people and you know and they obscure the village with magic and people who escape have now they've had their mind messed with and they've you know and they might be hunted down by these people who now want them back so it is a very heavy role play place because you are a very damaged individual so i think that's going to also and that's kind of based on 1920s flapper culture high society you know Golden age kind of living. Um, oh, and then I, yeah, I did forget something. Uh, Hollowvale, which is where the Solomon kind are from, which is a you know they they have a great Halloween tree where they decorate with all these different things, and you know there's a pit of masks, and it's all about uh, you know roasting you know marshmallows over fire and telling Halloween stories and trying to you know it's 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 Halloween trying to right scare now. each other. <laughs> yep, yeah, it's it's Halloween. Um, and that's actually something that none of us staff. I mean, I added a little bit, but um, Josh Yoder, who is the uh, one of the, the the heads of, but he is the you know one of the heads of Frontier Dawn and A3PI, um, and one of my best friends, believed so much in the game that he wanted to write a, write something for it. And not to say anyone else has believed any less. So he just he was just like, I really want, I really want to write this thing. Like, dude, that's awesome. How we mutants this, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, that's cool. So. Yeah, so th- we, like you said, it's a very Americana feel. You know, we have a little bit of stuff from outside of it, but uh, we kind of we wanted to go with you know let's make something unique and something that people can kind of identify with because you know it's it's home. You know, it's here. Yeah, and what your home is, you know, still here. You know, it really depends. But yeah, so I think it's that hyper, hyper, you know, hyper, hyper subcultures that we all yeah. kind of swamp together. Very stylized to you know want it to be everything is iconic every you know every little detail has a purpose and when it gets all put together you know to the weird and oh i did i actually did forget one more i hate yeah. see this is what happens when i'm you know my brain's been on 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 <laughs> go, you know, making sure that this is all ready for testing and everything like that and you know today i spent you know an hour three hours staring at a spreadsheet writing item cards um uh, Wastelander, it's the Wastelander tribes, and they're a tribe of techno barbarians who live on the outskirts, and they kind of worship machines, and they worship um, technology. Their their god is something called Navox, and whether it's a 
a, a amalgamated VHS system that they find VHSs to put into them. We can't confirm nor deny, but they are a, a tribe of of brains who think that just putting a bunch of random technology on their body is 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 the way they can get closer to uh, their their god. I like it, but yeah. So uh, yeah, it's like I said, it's super strange and super bizarre and super weird, and we are embracing that, you know. And we encourage people. They're like, hey, this is really strange, but I want to do this, and we're like, I mean, we can make it work because it's kind of belongs in the world, and we also want the players, fight players, to kind of make, also feel like they can make it their own too. Because you know, it's not just us telling the story; it's them also creating their own story and making sure that they feel that they are part of the world. Because they're going to 100% without a doubt have maximum impact on how the world is. How they're going to um, fix it, hopefully. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fix it or make it fall down. I, I hope not fall down because it's already pretty fallen, but I, I really think that people are going to be a light in the darkness like we want them to. So. I really like the iconic vibe of everything. Um, everything kind of really stands out as unique, um, which lends to like, you know, people struggling to pick what they're going to play. <laughs> so I'm having second thoughts, but I'm like, I've already gone in. Um, <laughs> yeah, good problem to have. You know, too many it is good a good choices, problem to right? have. Yeah. Uh, and the classes, like, and maybe this is a little biased, but I'll, it's not biased in the sense that, like, I do really believe in this game. Um, and I know, like, from time to time, like, I've tried to help as I can. And, um, the classes and everything like that, which is something that there's some like remnants of like stuff that you guys had before and you've gone through like changes as you said. Um, but where it's at now, like I love it. I love where it's at now. Everything feels unique and it feels special and it feels like when you're playing, whether it's like an occultist or a militiaman, like you are very unique in your abilities. And I think like, that coupled with the iconic places you can be from and how that will influence like how you role play your character is like going to be really special um, and really awesome to see people kind of like pick and choose like those very like different kind of like themes and ideas and, and mesh them together. Like, mm-hmm. man, I give like we talked about, you know, I want to, you know, beachcomber, and I'm playing. Like, I want to play a shaman, who's, you know, <laughs> so I'm gonna have this like 1950s like surf rocker vibe, uh, which will be fun. It'll be the first time I play a bard, um, but the ability to do that is really, it's really awesome. And I don't know, I just love. Yeah, I like that. It didn't seem like you took um, an easier route of like a set thing, like um, Rob was kind of saying, the subversion of genres or the expectations you know like you you brought things that have a familiar feel to them but they are unique and they are going to be their own thing like you know what i mean so yeah i think that's what's making it really interesting to me to see how all it's yeah. going to work out you know and even like i was kind of vaguely you know on the periphery of seeing what you guys were doing with this online um and even as we're talking like i kind of have a different picture of the game now which is fuller and different you know like i did kind of just go right to as soon as i hear post-apocalyptic i hear i think this you know i think fallout or mad yeah. max or whatever but everything you were saying is just adding a lot more 
character to it, a lot more um, creativity and uh, differentiation to it and stuff. So, so that's cool. I like that. I like when you kind of, you know, you don't see necessarily what you expect. You know, you're surprised. Yeah, it really taking the genre and like flipping it on its head yeah. of what post-apocalyptic. Yeah, I mean, you should call it post-apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you, have, if, if, if you have a good tagline, we're, we're you know that's that's kind of what we're struggling <laughs> to do right now is you know. Um, not, I mean, I, I, I guess say struggle, but, you know, we want to make sure that we convey our identity as best yeah, we can. Sure. And, you know, saying all these things, like, it doesn't seem like you're a stereotypical post-apocalyptic game. Mm-hmm. And it isn't. And we want to convey that. And we want to be like, hey, you know, we're not, you know, like I said before, you're not come eat radioactive beans in the woods all weekend and then hide yeah. in the shelter while, you know, a radioactive bear mauls you to death and then you're dead. You know, there's <laughs> not permadeath, permadeath but... Uh, you die and there is an interesting experience there to behold. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you have a way better idea for what genre it totally should be. I would love to hear it. I mean, I we talked about ideas like maybe fun of a Gonzo, you know, Gonzo post-apocalyptic, you know, something like that. Something to play, like, be like, oh, it's different, you know? I don't know what that means, um, but I like uh, it. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, so, like, we yeah, we want to make sure, because, you know, I, I really, it's not it's not just, like, I want to succeed, because, you know, for my own personal game, I mean, no personal game, like, you know, for my, you know, just to tell a story, because sure. there is Some a really cool story to tell, and yeah. we tell uh, we want to, you know, we want to donate charity, and that's kind of like, you know, that's my goal. You know, I really, you know, as E3PI, and we have, you know, we have these projects now, or we want to really make sure that we give back to the community that that, you know, that, took, that takes care of us. You know, we're really, sure. the nerd community is really awesome and very strong, and we want to make sure that we give back to that. So, um, um, it's never, you know, I can't, I, I, I can say what, what charities we're trying to work with. I can't, you know, um, I can't say that it's going to ha- 100% happen, but we're aiming for. Uh, are working for charities that help the LGBTQ community. Awesome, cool. That's kind of our focus, you know. So that's one of uh, that's a very big part of the uh, of, of the nerd community, and I want to make sure that you know that, that they feel welcome and that they uh, they're not forgotten. So. Uh, but as just as a as a, yeah, so as a aside though, I really appreciate not only my staff and. and but um, people like Joe, Josh, everything has been nothing but supportive. And you know, there are days that, you know, I mean, this happens even with Frontier Dawn writing things. And you, go, you, know, you write it, you sit down, and you're like, that sucks. Like, I'm not really, I'm not really jiving it. Mm-hmm. Everything that we've done, I've really, really enjoyed it. But then it double helps to hear Joe shoot me a message. Like, yo, dude, I got this, like, this guitar thing about getting, you know. Like, that school, that that skill is really cool. And he's not afraid to be like, I don't think it's gonna work. But like, it is really encouraging just to see people really like this jive about the game, and it really encourages us. And really excited to, to, to tell the story, and get it off the ground, and I uh, just want to say, yeah, thank you for all the people, Josh, Danny, and Joe, Joe, big time, believing in us. I know I want to get really super. I don't want to get like super sad and somber. I just want to make sure that that especially over a, a, a medium like this, that proper thanks are made to the people. Sure. That's they're you know they're loved and they're really appreciated. Awesome, man. It's nice to see the passion come through in a passion project. Yeah. You know, and, and of course, thanks to you for for allowing us to come onto the podcast and tell us about our oh, our sure. our, our weird game. You know, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, because uh, it's gonna be nothing but a, a really 
it's a long, strange trip. <laughs> you know, it's a uh, it's backcountry for sure. There's your tagline, I think. Yep. Long, strange trip. I'm trying to use the pun too much. <laughs> the weird. It, it is so. Yeah. I was gonna start the episode with that. Like, right, let's get <laughs> <You> weird. <laughs> too easy. But. Very cool. Well, unless anybody really wants to get anything in there, I think we'll. We'll wrap it up. I do appreciate everybody coming on and sharing about the game. You guys should be proud. It sounds awesome. So I, I, I think it's going to continue to be awesome. I'm really excited. And uh, maybe yeah, hope cool. to have you back um, after maybe the alpha or maybe you know announce the beta to yeah. like talk about all that kind of stuff. It'd be it'd be great. Yeah. So I think when we finish the beta, the alpha, and we know that all the testing and all of the stuff's been like complete. Uh, and we'll have an announcement for a beta so that people could actually come. Because right now it's just kind of testing it with people that, you know, we, you know, the, just a small crowd. And then once we're ready to announce a big date where everyone can come down and everyone can enjoy the wasteland together, um, that'd be awesome. So. Nice. Yeah, do you have anything uh, set? This should air, if not tomorrow, next Friday. Um, anything like that you want to publicize, call out, or... Let people know it's going. Um, on. I would just keep looking to the Facebook page, uh, which is you can just search for Weird LARP, uh, W Y R D LARP. Uh, website's under construction, um, working on that, so because it's gonna need to be updated with all the extra stuff. Um, and then uh, keep out for some of the once we once the testing is done, we know that that stuff's pretty great. We'll release the rule book and start pumping out all the lore that everyone can dive into and get ready for uh, playtime. Do you have like um, estimated time of? play like um as far as uh, we didn't i mean we didn't even talk about i think this is going to be like a quarterly yep it'll be four times a year for my sanity okay. because i'm gonna i intend on continuing to run frontier dawn helping run yeah. frontier dawn <laughs> so yeah. i like to stay sane and plus yeah. plus i think that there'll, there'll be a ton of things to do in between events i can promise that so um you know We'll have a. We're going to have a system in place. I probably should have talked about that. You know, system in place that we're working on, uh, where you can go and travel to places and do things in between events, and we'll be able to interact with the marshal uh, and do some role play. Um, and you'll be able to interact the world between events. Um, and then uh, we might have one or two small parlor LARP events where it's like you know you're maybe in the neo cities or you know doing things like that. So, uh, but yeah, we're looking for a quarterly game. Uh, our alpha is next month. Um, and we're tr- if that goes smoothly and all the rules work and we don't need to do a ton of work, we'd like to do- we're looking to do our beta in spring of next year. Nice. Not soon enough. Very yeah. <laughs> My anticipation and hype is like <laughs> over 100. So. It's over 9,000. Walk around like that. What? Nice stuff. <laughs> character guy. Be the character. What's up? You just walk around as the character. Just be the character. You're no longer Gaff. You are your character. <laughs> oh, can, just walk around your house. He, he is pretty method. <laughs> walk, walk around town with an amp strapped here and sultry. <laughs> I was I was already like uh, torturing my bandmate. Um, started playing in a band. Uh, me and this other guy making music. And I was telling him about the game. So he might come out. And um, he's never LARP before. So it would be really cool to have him out. We were trying to practice, and I was just like, "Yeah, check this out. I'm going to play this character, blah, blah, blah. And I just start playing Surf Rock, and they're like, that's not, like, (laughs) (laughs) we got to practice our stuff. (laughs) New band. It's already happening. (laughs) Already becoming. (laughs) All right. 
Thank you guys so much. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, weird staff, and all your weirdness. Uh, we've been 321 Lay On Podcast. Thanks for listening. We're part of the Next Level Nerd Podcast Network. Be sure to check out if you're in the movies, check out Next Level Nerd Movie Podcasts. If you like TV series, check out Sugar Frosted Cereal. Yeah, we're kind of if you love hiatus right now. <laughs> yeah, well, you can catch up on Westworld. Yeah. And then uh, stay tuned for what we got going on next. If you're into video games, be sure to listen to Handsome Evan and the Nerd Herds <laughs> Gaming Podcast. <laughs> and if you're into LARPing, stay tuned here. We got more LARPs coming up. Um, hopefully a few events that we'll get to. It's been kind of a dry season for us, but, uh, and, uh, I've been moving and very busy, so <laughs> apologize for any yeah, delayed shows. Become, and... Just becoming a, a father again and, you know, just yeah. nothing crazy, right? <laughs> not you're not yeah, moving a to job, another yeah. state <laughs> or <laughs> yeah. life is we, Yeah. So we're trying to keep it up and stay connected with the community and learn about these awesome games and players out there. So. Yeah. If you want to connect with us, check out our Facebook page, either Next Level Nerd or the 321 page. Uh, we'd appreciate it. And thanks for listening. Thanks, Joe. All right. Evan's not here, but uh, I hope he's safe and having fun. <laughs> yeah, he's partying it up. Yeah. All right, we'll see you next time. 321 layoff. Kind of Either way, he, he's he's now mine. I'm 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 taking him. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, Dennis, we're not that kind of game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. <sighs> a cultist. We're not a cult. I swear. I'm gonna, I'm gonna dad this, and then I'm gonna. <laughs> 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 <laughs>